What's poppin'? You're listening to the Floro Podcast, and I am your host, Edgar Otraves. Now, today on the show, my co-hosts are Lechuga and not my cousin Dan, and we're going to be talking about what we would like to tell our younger selves. Now, if you're new to the show, make sure you check out our website, thefloorofpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes, but you can also find out more about us and more about the show. Now, let's be real. Hindsight is 2020. But, you know, if we had just a little bit more knowledge, maybe a mentor that would have been able to tell us something a little different or someone who had a little more insight, how our lives could have been different, right? This, you know, this is a fun little thought experiment. We're just going to sit here and pretend we can time travel and tell ourselves what we could have done better. I hope you dig this episode. Now on with the show. We didn't do anything crazy other than just being like ridiculous. So a long, long time ago when Edgar and I worked together, Edgar, Edgar got really into this, this idea of how like there are people who have a system for picking their lottery numbers, right? And like people out there who just, who have won their local lottery, like dozens of times yeah and and he was he was basically like dude we can do this we can do this we can do it together and and (laughs) neither of us being mathematicians or actuarials by the way (laughs) started like going out there and gathering like all sorts of historical data on all the different Chicago lotteries you know so like there's the powerball and then there's there's like the sub the the just state level lotteries and all that stuff. Did you get into scratchies too? Because people game no, that one. We never. We never. Well, I didn't. No, I didn't. But, but I got. I got on a lucky streak on scratchies, and I made like seventy dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, both of us, like working together, like I built this, basically like a, a probability table, mm-hmm. in in Excel. How that, old are you guys? At the time, I would have been like 30, like 27, 28, and Edgar okay. probably would have been like 30, 31, right? Yeah, something okay. like that. Right? We weren't, we weren't so, kids. Yeah. No, we weren't kids. <laughs> but, but like, so, but like, we, we, we researched, like, this is the way that people do it. And, and like, all of this number, all these numbers are actually really easy to get. Yeah. And even like, if you go to the Powerball website, on the website, like anymore, it did. They didn't do this back when we were doing this, but and like you go to the website and the website, they'll just tell you straight away, like these are the most common numbers. These these are the numbers that come up the most frequency, you know, and these are the numbers in each spot that come up. Like they just publish it, right? But at the time, I had built this this probability table. And I built it in such a way so that like every week we could just add the new numbers and it would retabulate everything. And like they it would spit out all these different iterations at the bottom. Like it would spit out. I, I wish I could find the file because it, again, not as a non-mathematician, I was like impressed by what I had put together. And, and like, what, and like, it wasn't just me. It was like, Edgar was like, we need it to do this, 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 and this. And it was just, I figured out how to, how to write the formula, right? Yeah, you 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 wrote out the formula, and I did all right. the all the running around looking for the historical data because right, I yeah. was plugging stuff in there. Yeah, I I might still have this stupid table someplace. But anyway, like 
it was set up so that it would slice the numbers all these different ways. Like what's the most probable Powerball number? What's the most probable combination of numbers, order of numbers, all that. Uh, what number individually shows up more frequently than anything else? Like anyway. And so like for about, I don't know, it was probably like two or three months. We every week we would buy like 10 different. So so it would because like it would do a ranking of like, according to all of these different things, these are the most like mo like 10 most likely combinations all the way down to least likely combinations. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, when we started doing it, we even did like some control tests, like let's just do the like random and then we'll buy like the top three that we came up with, with this table. And we would hit three or four numbers for sure. Every time we never got the powerball though. We, we never oh. got the powerball and we never got the five, like, cause, cause you get, cause it's, you get five numbers and then the powerball. And if you yeah. get the five numbers, you still win something. Yeah, you and know, if you get just the Powerball, you or, get something, right? Right. Yeah. And like if you if you get just the Powerball, you still win something. If you get four numbers, you still win. At the time, it wasn't a lot, but like basically we kept doing it because like what we were doing, as I remember, like it kept paying enough for us to just get <laughs> more lottery tickets every time, you know? And then it at at, a, at some point it was just like we got to stop because this is stupid, and because like the rea the reality is you have a one in four million shot. Of, I think it's worse than that. Well, I I think it's like one in four million for the power one in Powerball is like one in four or five million just at random, and okay. so like we're doing all of these this number crunching to like increase our odds, but yeah. like we're we're increasing our odds to like one in 3.75 million you know so like <laughs> anyway yeah. anyway no one of the reasons I, I we decided to stop was because we needed to know the order of the numbers that they come as they come out yeah yep and, and that would be part of the equation that would help us figure out how to how to beat it and they would never publish the numbers in order they would always publish them in the order numerical order right and so, oh, well, but no, that I mean, that's how they call them too, because it's like no, because, the first, it, like, it, it always comes out higher because, uh -huh. like, the first row, like, the numbers in the pool in the order that they come out, they're always going to go in, like, it's always going to climb because no. they, because they limit the pool based on position. They limit the pool, but the, the but as they come out, they, they come out in all kinds of an order. So like you'll get twelve, then twenty-two, then two, then five. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. 40. And if we would That's have right. known that order, it, it would have it would have helped us to predict. And so our chances would have gone from one point four million to one one in four million to one in three point seven five million to maybe <laughs> one in three and a half million. And whoa, then we're there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Yeah. Did, so anyways, do the math at the end to see if you at least broke even. No. Well, that's the thing. Like we were winning enough so that like you just get a free ticket or something, you know, like <laughs> We weren't. We didn't lose money. I'll say well, that yeah, we were getting. Uh, no, I lost money. <laughs> oh, because okay. I think I was a little more fanatical about it than you were. Okay. All right. You know? Yeah, I did not lose money. Yeah, I broke. Know, I, I broke even. You know. <laughs> you know, I take things way too seriously. 
yeah yeah did uh they get to know you like at the gas station like when you would come in like oh there's the guy he buys 100 <laughs> tickets a week <laughs> no we never got to that point we never bought like 100 tickets it was okay. only like 20 numbers i think at worst no but like we did try to like recruit people to make a big pool at the office <laughs> oh my you know? god so and there was there were like two weeks in a row where where the people were like these guys got a system and it like dude last week they got four numbers like they they know what you're doing <laughs> no we didn't do it, no. the cubes telling us like what the fuck you guys doing no, yeah. we're doing this and, and then we're trying, trying to figure it out and we're trying to hack the system and they're like get out of here like my boss came over and i told him the whole thing and he's like stop that get out of here you're crazy that's not gonna work i'm like man we got numbers man we got we got you know he's like and he looked at me and he thought i was fucking with him he thought i was messing with him he thought i was lying it's like you're lying if you get out of here you're pulling some prank i'm like no man it's like you're trying to steal something from me or something this is some kind of ploy I'm like, no, <laughs> we're really idiots. We're really trying. <laughs> no, no, really, we're idiots. <laughs> like, we're 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 stupid. <laughs> we're stupid. Want to be stupid with us? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and and like the thing is, like clockwork. Every time, like we never got less than three numbers. You know, we never ever, and and so like that's enough to make you be like holy crap this works we know what we, we're doing we're getting it. close we're doing it we're getting close except you're not i do not it's I never do, gonna happen i do remember that being the truth like we were we were hitting numbers like yeah. not just one or two we were hitting like at least three or four yeah Sometimes every time every show when it comes to gambling but never the every huh? addict has a system <laughs> <laughs> like i'm pretty uh, sure it's one of like the edicts when it comes to gambling addiction is they all have systems they all have a system yeah did you uh, so you i'm assuming your research you read about those dudes that were going to mit the game the massachusetts state lottery no yeah yeah they're they were making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month yep yep but they did it off i think the scratchies i think that's how they figured it out they were buying like thousands of them at a time and that's sure. how they were making their money but just like you guys that had like a table and everything um yeah they figured it all out it create forced the state lottery in massachusetts to change the way they do things <laughs> yeah oh, no, we're losing so, money fuck yeah so yeah. that that brings us around to our topic oh yeah because yeah. because now we're talking about kids from mit breaking the lottery code and uh edgar you're big chief yes. thunderpants of the flow roll <laughs> yeah yeah what's our topic so um here let, let me let me start it off so welcome to another episode of the flow roll podcast i am edgar Traves, and today the co-hosts are not my cousin dan Dobranos, cabrones. and lechuga and the topic for today is Things we would like to tell our younger selves, having the knowledge that we have now. So, should we uh, set some ground rules like avoiding the obvious buy Apple stock or, you know, yeah, bet on so and so winning no, the Super yeah. Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yes, yeah, like no traveling back in time, being Biff, and then giving right, a yeah, this isn't this isn't about traveling back in time and changing the the timeline or anything. I think this is this is just about like. Hey, what are what are some things that uh, would have been better if you didn't have to learn the hard way? 
Oh man. You know, does so, that sound, does that sound about right? The yeah. other title for this pod will be our regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to try for not sure. to cry in this one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I seem to do a lot. Um, yeah. This calendar year, man, you, 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 you've been having your emotions. Dude, and that's, crying on all the that's, pods lately. That's that's not a criticism at all. Like good good on you for being in touch with your emotions. But I have seen and heard you get emotional more than in the what four year history. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I it must have been RRR. RRR just broke. Yeah. Did you cry on the taco trip? On the taco on the taco trip? Uh wait, there was a taco trip? Oh, no, when yeah. you came up here? Yeah. yeah. You came yeah. up here? Yeah. 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 No, I don't remember. Did I did I No, you didn't cry on the taco trip. No. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember what the subject of, of that one was anymore. We went to uh, uh Flow Roll North. Flow Roll Studios North. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice little room you got there. Yeah, noisy but nice. It was noisy as shit. Yeah, but- no, it was dope. That's cool. So uh, I can make it to the I next those, one. Yeah, dude, you got to go to the next one. So, yeah. um, so, so here, let me start off. I think just in general, I would have liked to have told me manage your money a little better, do a better job. Okay. With the cash. And this you is know, the- what's funny because that's one of the things that I would have told my younger self, especially we're going back to like high school, you know? Yeah. I would tell high school, Dan, don't worry so much about money. <laughs> Do the exact opposite. The exact like, don't, opposite. Don't, don't worry so much. <laughs> think, especially like thinking back on it uh-huh. and the life that I experienced now, going back to that kid and being like, dude, you've actually got a pretty good head on your shoulders as far as money is concerned. You don't need to worry about this as much as you do. Mm. You know? I would have liked to have had done a couple of things different with money. And one of those things would have been like, especially younger, get a piece of property, rent that sucker out. Mm-hmm. Like some no, nothing. Oh, crazy. Like we're yeah. talking about like Apple stock or anything. There's no way I would have known something very, very uh, traditional. Yeah. Something that, yeah. that people know how to do. It's easy to do. Well, I shouldn't say easy. You got to raise that money. Right. But get, get in on a, on an apartment building, the two flat, three flat, whatever. You should have asked our grandpa for advice, man. I, you see, like, I didn't even have that forethought. That's, that's yeah. see, I didn't, I, I didn't this do it is either. Interesting because so my parents owned a three flat mm. when I was a little kid. My parents owned a three flat on the northwest side uh, in Chicago, Old Irving Park. Actually, no, Portage Park. Anyway, they owned a three flat. And when it came time for me to, like, be buying a house, you know, I was asking because I was considering it, you know. Because uh, at the time, there were a lot of like three flats that were kind of a good deal in decent neighborhoods in Chicago. And I was like, you know, is this a good way to make extra money? Is this or, or for that matter, like, is this a good way to just own something? And then my tenants are paying my mortgage, basically. Mm-hmm. And my parents, my parents were like, like they leaned in on me and they were like, do not. <laughs> do not wow. buy a three flat you do not want to be anybody's landlord ever it was wow. it was funny why what was their reasoning for that uh well because they managed we lived in the building and they managed it like they didn't do it through like a management company or anything you know mm-hmm. it was just one-on-one 
And it was it was literally for the years that they owned that three flat. It was constant. You got to keep them rented. Otherwise, you're not making money. People come and they go, especially at that time, you know, in the mid early to mid 80s in Chicago, getting somebody for more than three months, getting somebody who wasn't a terrifying criminal, yeah. <laughs> uh, getting somebody who paid on time, you know, all of that. And then on top of which, most of the homes in the city of Chicago, even now to this day, like they're 100 years old or more. Yeah. And so there's always something going wrong. The yeah. roof, the roof leaks, the it's plumbing leaks, the electric is bad. And and when in a hundred year old building, when the plumbing goes or the electric goes, I mean, that that ain't easy to fix anymore. That's just like, okay, well, now we have to bring the whole building up to code, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it's it's other stuff too. Like we could never go on vacation because we'd go on vacation and that's when the hot water heater breaks and you've uh -huh. got tenants and they need hot water, you know? I mean, like uh I don't know if you can tell, but Lechuga, this is this is all everyday stuff for Lechuga. Lechuga oh, yeah. some of these buildings. Yeah. Like, our grandfather needs help uh managing yeah. some buildings and Lechuga does all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know like, it. it's a great I'm sure it's a great way to make money and, and build wealth. Mm -hmm. But like for my parents, it was it was a it was a matter of like the way that they told me about it, they were like it was a great money-making endeavor. We specifically did it because we were in a hole and we needed to figure a way out of the hole mm -hmm. and owning an apartment building for four years, dug us out of the hole and then some, wow. but it could not have happened sooner that we got the hell out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's why I said young. Yep. Then when I get to a certain age, I would like to either get rid of them or do something else with them. Right. Right now I don't have time for something like that. I can't. Yeah, it takes a lot of time, man. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, especially back then when you couldn't really do background checks or criminal checks or credit yep. checks, any of that. It was kind of just like, all right, show me a pay stub. And then I'm just going to hope that you're not insane. Yeah. But yeah. even and now, like I have access to all that stuff and it's still a mixed bag. Someone sure. on paper seems like, oh, this is a fantastic tenant. Yeah. And then once they're actually there, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like this is just right. going to be a headache. Right. Yeah. Or they might be, and I experienced this not in a rental, but in a townhouse that I owned, you know, and you know, townhouse, basically like a condo. Yeah. Um, a shared wall. But the people three doors down from me, they were decent people themselves, but their friends were scumbags. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, and that's a real thing where the tenant themselves might be a decent human being, but the people that they attract and bring with them and and hang around them it, trouble you know yeah so and a party and they fucking they make a mess well, or, and and then yeah well that used to happen like like these people that lived two doors down from me when i was in that townhouse every six months or so the u.s marshals would be raiding the, that address i'm not dude. making this up i would come home <laughs> and the street would be blocked off and it'd be like sup u.s marshals and, and i'm like i live there man and they're like, well, we're we're conducting an extraction. We'll be done as soon as possible. It's like an extraction. I, I, like I wish I was making it up, but I'm not. Like I'm not making it up. I'm not exaggerating. It was like one of two things would happen. Either I would get home, and it's like, oh, okay, streets blocked off, and I can't go home. 
I'm going to go find something to do, something else to do for the next hour. Or I would be at home and I would look out the window and, oh, here they come with the battering ram and the body armor. I guess I'm not going anywhere for the next hour, you know? And that's in your house. In, no, no. In the building. In the building. Yeah. So you, can't, in, yeah you can't go anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not, I guess I'm not going anywhere for the next hour. I, I would not go back and, and counsel my younger self to consider being a landlord. I'm just no, I can see like the money-making potential that's there, but I have no interest. Like my ba- main rule in life. And I think this would be the first thing that I would go back and tell younger, not my cousin, Dan. First thing would be, I even like rehearsed it. Like it took <laughs> me a long time to figure out how important this rule is. You already know this rule but you don't remind yourself of it enough. The number one most important rule for the rest of your life is other people ruin everything. My God. But then you're not going to want to do anything. Yeah. You're going to like close yourself off. No, 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 no. That's not the point of the message. The point of the message is other people will ruin everything. Don't let them do things your way. Do what you want to do. Do it for your own sake. But don't do it because someone else wants you to. Don't do it because somebody else, because uh, you want to impress somebody else. Don't, you know, don't do things strictly on the basis of pleasing other people because other people will ruin everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good piece of advice right there, just in general. Like, yeah, don't don't do things for other people, do them for yourself. And if it happens to make other people happy, that's fine. But. Like, and that's not saying like, don't make other people happy. Like, don't do things that benefit other people. Like, that's not, that's not the advice either. It's just, you know, don't be a people pleaser. Don't, don't rely on other people for, for that self-gratification, you know? Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty good, pretty good advice just in general. Yeah, because that's, I came up with it, you know? <laughs> so lechuga what do you got what, what do you got what's what's one thing you would like to tell younger lechuga uh so how are we doing this are we going like round robin like we all throw one out and then we take turns again or just that's what we'll do okay uh okay a quick one but then i don't know if this counts because it, it would kind of change the timeline some of this <laughs> would kind of change the timeline. Yeah, I, mean, I would be awesome. I would be richer right now, right? So maybe I would. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, simple, so- easy advice for anyone, really, but especially myself, is wear a fucking helmet. <laughs> I've had more concussions than any person should. Oh dear, that's yeah. a problem, dude. Are, are are we talking like more than four? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's not good. I might get five or six or so. Okay. So, so you've guaranteed, you guaranteed, guaranteed have CTE. Probably. I'd prefer if that's not what sport what's about to happen. Play? I played every sport and I was reckless. And I'm also just a clumsy person in general. So it's a, it's a mix of everything. But okay. Was, there's one, but there was one incident that kind of really kind of set you off, right? That was the one. In, what was the one incident that kind of started? Uh, issues? Okay. So luckily, my concussions are spaced out. So I had a really bad one when I was a kid and I was rollerblading oh. and I fell backwards and smashed my head into concrete. 
Ooh. And I was not wearing a helmet. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And then in my teen years, like I, I, was, I would play football with friends or whatever. Obviously not wearing a helmet. Uh, what else? A bunch through basketball. But anyway, like the two worst ones I've had was one was basketball. I was up in the air and someone undercut me and I fell backwards also on the back of my head. Oh, Down, dude, that one was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Uh, fuck man, that one was bad. And then the last one, the one that kind of really messed me up for a while, it took me probably like two years to get over the last one was I was doing some like work in my parents' garage. I wish I had worn like a hard helmet or something, you know, but I wasn't wearing anything because who does? And I hit the back of my head with a steel beam uh, twice. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, there's been smaller ones in the interim, you know, but yeah, that last one messed me up. But if I hadn't had those other ones when I was younger, I don't think this last one would have affected me as much because with concussions, each well, one sure. afterwards, no, it's, it, it, it kind of compounds the damage that was already right. there. Yeah, that's that's yeah. some scary stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's not cool. Um, okay. how, how that affected you like that? Because I mean, mm-hmm. I because I mean, I have friends who've been knocked out and they're yeah. Friends. I'm sure they're going to have dementia, but they don't have some of the things that you're going through. You have. Mm-hmm. You have like cluster headaches and all kinds of crazy stuff going on, right? Yeah, it's gotten better with time. But Dude. that first year after the last one, uh, I ended up with something called post-concussion syndrome. It affected every single aspect of my life. It was pretty bad. And it, it emotionally, like it concussions throw you into uh, sure. a really deep depression. That's why these football players that have CTE commit suicide all the time. Yeah. But on top of that, just like my motor function and skills were bad for a while. Like I had to do uh, physical therapy uh, and occupational therapy. And then the effects it has on your like relationships with others, because you're just a fucking mess, man. And your memory's awful and you can't really interact with people sometimes. And language has always been a big thing for me. Like I, I, you know, I liked writing and felt like I was a good, was good at speaking and, um, really putting my thoughts out verbally. And for a while I couldn't do that. Like there's just words that were just missing now, or I would have a thought and it would just get stuck in my mouth and I wouldn't be able to vocalize what I'm thinking. It's a terrifying ordeal. And yeah. So that's probably the first thing I would tell myself is wear a wear fucking a helmet. helmet. You wear a helmet. Wear a helmet. But to all kids really. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's a good piece of advice. Helmet is something I always kind of went with. Like if I was riding dirt bikes or, or uh, you know, it's funny is I never wore a helmet just for riding my bike. Uh, never kid. once. I never even owned a helmet as a kid. No, but I don't, I, I didn't own a helmet until I was probably like 16, you know, of, of any kind. And then it was a dirt bike helmet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think along the same lines, like if I, if I were going to have advice to give younger Dan along those lines, would would be like because i was thinking about this in prep for this this episode would be like all of those things that you think are being a man like like things that make you stronger yeah that's all every single one of those is bullshit a hundred percent you know yeah everything is every and and you will be much happier if you embrace that now and just like make wearing a helmet doesn't make you less manly wearing wearing the right kind of boots and the right kind of gear and um 
being willing to unnecessarily sacrifice your body or your mind does not make you more of a man. There's uh, plenty of men walking around right now. So I've not learned that lesson. Yeah. I think that would have been a very helpful thing for me because I used to do that. Like I used to be willing to kind of sacrifice my body, especially in some of the, the jobs that I used to have. Oh yeah. Same Um, here, man. Some of the like physical labor type jobs, blue collar jobs that I used to have where, where it was just, it's the job. I got to sacrifice my body. No, you don't fool. No, you don't. Like I, I would be so much better off in so many ways if, if I had just appreciated that when I was younger. I think, I think that's a good, good piece of advice only because like, especially now, like I do a lot of stupid, dangerous stuff still. Like I'll go, I mean, I go to the gym, you know, as often as I can, sometimes four or five times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week I've only gone twice, but, but anyway, like when I go, you know, we'll, I'll spar. I'm, I'm sparring with big guys, little guys, guys who know who have judo guys who will throw me, you know, and for the most part, especially at the school that I am at now, I can trust my training partners and 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 not get hurt. But there's been, you know, every now and then I get I get a meathead. Yeah. And he'll just want to squish me just to squish. Remember, me. remember Dan's rule number one is that other people ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so like this guy, this guy was like, there's this one cat. He was just like. I think he was like putting his elbow on my face and I'm like, are you even trying to do anything? Are you, like, <laughs> you know, like, like he, he was like leaning on my, on my head. I'm like, and I'm like, are you going to try something or are you, are you just being a dick? You know? So I was just like, so in my head, I'm, I'm already, I've already made the decision. I'm not going to roll with you ever again. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. No reason for you to do that. You're not trying to do something. You're just, you know, yeah, you're trolling, but you're also being a fucking dick. You know, so I was like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, so like I should do more of that, too. And this is along the lines of what you guys are talking about. Just being safe, you know? Yeah. There's no need to be to do all that, you know, but at the same time, I started processing and I started. Right. In a dick. I think I have been here and there. Of course you have. Of course we all have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, know? because because we've all. We all had that stupid so at some point, just by virtue of being a man and coming up as a as a young man in this culture. We had that stupidity in us. Yeah. Oh, that oh, stupid that stupidity oh, is where it where it's like like I my 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 masculinity is rooted in how competitive I am or how how I how quickly I can beat the other guy that I'm rolling with or how fast I can go on a motorcycle or how, how willing I am to do something that's almost certainly going to hurt me. You know, like it's like the dumbest, I don't know. Like it's stupidity is what it is. But there's fun in the thrill. Like, let's not get it twisted. Sure. Well, and going fast on the bike, we enjoy like submitting guys. We enjoy pushing people in the face. It's fun. The 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 most fun, and like as a guy who rides motorcycles, the most fun thing on a motorcycle is that moment where you know you're you're you are exactly meeting the the very edge 
of your skills. <laughs> you're you're right at the you're, you're right at the point where the edge of your skills and the edge of the motorcycle's ability come together. Right? <laughs> that's 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 the most exciting place to be. And then the most terrifying place to be is just over that edge. Just Man, right like- when you because like right when you cross over that edge, that's when everything goes to hell. Dan's like it's the only time I feel alive. <laughs> yeah. So so like yeah, like hey, I'm, look, that testing that limit is fun. Yeah. Riding right on the very edge is fun. Knowing how scary it is when you cross the limit is also worthwhile. So like my dad is obsessed with motorcycles. He used to have several. And then uh when we were kids, my mom forced him to sell them. But he would always talk about them. And yep. was like big into motorcycles. So I grew up wanting a motorcycle really bad. And then when I finally started riding them, all it took was me crashing once to be like, I'm never fucking getting on one of these. Really? Again. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that see, that's an interesting concept because if you show up somewhere on a motorcycle, right? Yeah. Anywhere you show up somewhere on a motorcycle that number one, every conversation you have will be about the motorcycle that night, right? <laughs> every single one. Number okay. two. Number two, especially if it's not like if you're going somewhere that's like, like I'm going to Thanksgiving dinner or something with the family, whatever. No, number one, everybody's the first conversation they want to have is, oh, what kind of motorcycle is that? Number two will always be the first time I ever rode a motorcycle, like somebody telling you their story. And it's this it's a weird dichotomy because the first time I ever rode a motorcycle story is always without a doubt some version of and that's when i crashed right <laughs> and and like for some people it it's and that was all i ever needed to know to never ride a motorcycle again and for other people like me it's like and that's when i knew i was always going to be a rider like for some people that that crash all it does is is make them double down you know uh, well you know what did it for me it wasn't the first time i rode one when I crashed, but it was because of how it happened. I was doing what I should be doing. And there was a car that turned in front of me without looking and wasn't, they had their phone in their hand. I'm pretty sure they were fucking yep. texting. Yep. And I had to swerve like crazy to get around them. The pavement was a little wet and mm-hmm. I skidded out and I went flying and I landed in grass and I slid across the grass and I stopped just short of slamming into a stop sign. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was fine. I had some scrapes. That was it. But it was the fact that like that person was so fucking oblivious. I'm like, I'm lucky that I can get up and walk away from this. But this is going to happen again if I'm going to be riding in the city or something. And that was it. That's made me not want to do it. I I had similar experiences and I took like no exaggeration. I took 10 years off of riding. Oh, wow. There were there was 10 years where I didn't ride. Now, there were extenuating circumstances to that. Yeah, it wasn't just I don't want to ride anymore. It was there were you know, f- family agreements and domestic uh, responsibilities and, and whatnot. And, but anyway, nobody sees you ever. And, and crazy. And like you can have, you have these people who talk, who, who say stupid things like loud pipes save lives, you know? Yeah. You ever no. hear that? Loud yeah. Yeah. Pipes. Of course. No, no. Loud pipes don't save lives because your bikes are already person, pretty loud as it is. Well, no, number one, the overwhelming majority of motorcycle incidents do not involve a car. It's motorcyclist gets into trouble on their own 
usually going around a, a blind turn. That's where most motorcycle accidents happen. You can. This is just easily accessible data. You can get this. Yeah. Uh, motorcyclists lose control of their motorcycle going too fast through a blind turn, and that's that's where they they happen. Most motorcycle accidents do not involve a car. Also, the motorcycle accidents that do involve a car, the car hits the motorcyclist from in front or the side. Very rarely in motorcycle accidents is the is the motorcyclist rear-ended. Mm -hmm. You know where loud pipes don't make a difference? In front of you and to your side. The only place where people hear that is behind you. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway, I'm carrying on about a pointless topic. Get um, this, though. Uh, you and I know somebody who was in a motorcycle accident. Eric yeah, our cousin, right? Dad. Her oh, I didn't know about that. Her biological dad? Her biological dad got into mm -hmm. a motorcycle accident and I guess tore up his legs. And if you've ever seen this guy's legs, they're weird. He's got I haven't I dude, I haven't seen him in like 30 years. I haven't seen him and he's he's a he's a he's a weird guy. But oh. anyway, like I didn't realize how weird he was. And I and I remember talking to him I'm like, you're kind of weird. But I was always a little kid when I, when yeah. I knew him. And uh I, I when was the last time I saw him like maybe 10 years back or something. And I told him no, go ahead. And I asked my dad, I was like, he's an odd guy. Like, you know, is he always been that way? And he's like, yeah, he's always been that way. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he talks kind of weird. And he's like, yeah, he's just, just the way he is. And like, oh, you think it was from the accident? No, he's just weird. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going with it. <laughs> oh, the knees are weird. His knees, he's got one knee lower than the other. So, like, I think, like, his knees got all jacked up. But then he he's still, like, he's not, like, limping because one leg is uh, longer than the other. So something happened to his legs where they had to like cut into his legs and even the mouth, but his knees were like in different spots in, in Dude, comparison to each other. That's bizarre. I don't remember any of this about so I, Maybe was, I never so, saw him. Maybe he was sitting every time I saw him. So the, <laughs> if you would have seen him sitting, you would have you noticed it too. Because oh, there's, wow. one leg, there's one leg you know, longer and, and shorter than the other. You know, like... So, so the upshot, like long story short, this is this guy was always weird, and now his weird his knees are as weird as he is. Yeah, now his outsides <laughs> match his insides. Yeah. I guess I don't know. Edgar, we have another cousin that was in a motorcycle accident, younger than me. I think he's not even thirty yet. He was going, I think, a hundred and eighty-five on his motorcycle. Well, that's a stupid thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. What was that? Talk about. No, not oh my! So do we have two cousins that have I done think, this now? I think he was in, a, in an accident, some or some. Of some yeah, time. but I think he was fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, this other cousin was going 185 and crashed into the back of a semi truck, and pretty much broke every single uh, bone in his body. He was in a coma for four months. It's a miracle that he's he wasn't dead instantaneously. Make, he said he lost almost all of the blood in his entire body had yeah, to do a right. full blood transfusion. I think I've met him twice and I didn't know any of this happened. And it was when uh, our grandpa's brother died. Well, he was dying. He was in the hospital and he was there like a bunch of family were there visiting at the hospital. And then he was like, he's like, bro, did you hear what happened to me? I'm like, no, what happened to you? And he like pulled out the photos of his x-rays and like up and down his entire body, just metal plates and screws. Just and then he showed me the photos of the wreck. And if I feel like the majority of the motorcycle at that point was just a pile of dust. Like, and then just 
the rest of the parts no, skidded for yeah. like half a mile down the fucking road. It's a miracle. Like, uh, what kind of bike was he riding? I, I don't remember. Like a crotch uh, rocket, man. Uh, and like, where where can you even? Where do you even get up to 185 miles per hour on a surface street? Like, that's just. Dude, he said he got up to 205. I, he was going 185 because he started to slow down. It's possible. I don't know, man. Look, I wasn't there. It's possible. That's it's true. Not probable. Sure. There are but- there aren't there are not that many motorcycles that go 200 miles an hour. Much less motorcycles that go 200 miles per hour on street tires. Yeah. But I'm not here. I don't care. But the the point is. He learned nothing from it. He's still as reckless as he's always been. And he was saying he can't wait to get on another one. So. Oh, fuck that. He's looking nice. He must not. Yeah, like man. Life. Hey, I, I just one of the guys from Arizona, right? One of our cousins from over there. No, they're from this side. They're on uh, well, our grandpa's side, your maternal grandfather's side of the family. And I think they live here in Illinois, but just further south. I, don't I never see them. I see them only like at funerals. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. We'll have to. You'll have to tell me the name if you don't want to. No, it sounds like the next time you see this guy, I'll be at his funeral, right? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Like I, dude, I am not. I am so cautious. It's it's almost kind of comical, you know. I will actually make a confession. I have never on a motorcycle, on purpose, done a wheelie. I have done more than a few unintentionally. Like, I know how, right? Like, I know how to do it. I just have never, it's it's always been like, why the fuck would I want to do that? You know, why the fuck would I purposely want to be in less control? You know? Well, because it looks cool. It doesn't look cool to anybody. <laughs> Literally kids, doesn't look cool to anybody. Little kids think you're so cool. <laughs> oh, I, I think you're cool if you do that. Yeah, um, see? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just sit there. Look, I can't help it. It's on Instagram. I see these people always popping wheelies, girls, guys. Like I, 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 it's funny because I am far more reckless and, and far, far less cautious off-road than I am on-road, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if that's just a matter of like, that's where I first started riding or if it's just a matter of like, frankly, it's less dangerous, you know? I don't have to worry about cars or people walking their dog or buses or garbage trucks or you know all i have to do is worry about rocks and trees off the road so Mm -hmm. i have a strict rule and this rule is uh the only thing you should be doing that's crazy dangerous and maybe perceived as reckless is is martial arts if it's martial arts you'll be fine the moment it's martial arts it's okay but the moment but the moment I step outside that thing, I always hurt myself. It never fails. I get in rollerblades. I get on a fucking skateboard. I do some back. I play some basketball. Play some softball. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Moment I do something like that that's outside my wheelhouse, I get hurt. So I don't fucking touch it. Is that some advice that you would give younger? That's not advice. Don't try anything new. Yeah. <laughs> it's your advice. <laughs> no. Don't ever try anything new. That's not that. No. I think I would say that to me because I am I'm not and just me. This is not advice for other people, other people like other young, you know, other youth out there who might be looking at this for, I don't know, for advice or whatever, or whatever. Like uh, you go ahead and be wild and, and figure out your, your, you know, your thing. But me, I don't 
like I got this from my wrestling coach at one point, and it made sense because he was like, "You guys are wrestling. I don't want you guys playing football. I don't want you guys playing basketball during the season. You want to do shit like that? Do it outside the fucking wrestling season. Don't touch that shit while you're while we're doing wrestling." Because that's when you guys end up twisting an ankle or whatever, and then we're going to have to fucking swap you out for somebody else. Like, I think it's just your body's not used to it, you know? You're like, yeah. I played a ton of basketball, a lot, yeah. uh, at a pretty decent level of competition. And we would always joke whenever someone that doesn't play would show up, like, either they're going to hurt themselves or they're going to hurt someone else. Almost guaranteed every yeah. single time. Because they don't they're... know where to be or how to land or do any of that. And they're playing with people who play. Exactly. And so they're trying to play up to a level that they can't play at. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all I was saying is the advice that I would give younger Dan, it seems to be so much different than the advice that you guys, because the advice that you guys are given is, is all about like, be more cautious and, and, and get smarter about money. And like my, my advice so far has been like, don't worry so much about money. You can worry about that later. Let 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 adulthood come and worry about it then. I, I also got some think stuff like that coming like up. My, so my first thing was was other people ruin everything. But I think the the biggest thing, like especially if I was going back to like freshman year, Dan, my my the maybe the first thing I would say is don't be afraid to get into trouble. Don't be afraid to to get into trouble. Don't be afraid to break the rules because you know what? All this I think. I would do things outside of school that were maybe troublesome, maybe causing trouble, maybe, but, but like outside of school, you're not going to get caught. You know what I mean? Uh, I was a very good student is because both of my parents were teachers. So I was raised with a certain expectation of behavior and, and performance at school. Dude, none of this is going to follow you. Nothing that you do in high school is ever going to be important to anybody other than you. Don't be afraid to break some rules. Getting a de- getting a detention every once in a while isn't a bad thing. Nobody's going to care. None of this is going to keep you from getting into college or getting a good job. Just have some fucking fun. Yeah, I think I, I have I have something similar, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it brought it back up. But it was like uh, I, I would have told myself to stand up for myself a little more. Mm. Oh, definitely. There were some bullies. Yeah, yeah. Should have fucking punched the shit out of these guys. I should. Yeah, for sure. I shouldn't have let it happen. Yep. If I had advice for myself, I would have been like, just beat the shit out of those guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, you weren't gonna go to jail. No. And like, I I don't know about like for you, but like, I went to I went to Catholic high school. You went to Catholic high school too, right, Edgar? I don't know, Lechuga. Did you go to like private high school, public high school? No, I went to Catholic elementary school, and then I went to public high school. Well. I think I guarantee you at some point, regardless of the school that we went to, we were given the lecture about like, if you get into a fight, you're immediately going to get expelled. Yeah. There's, there's no other. And the fact of the matter is no, that's bullshit. People got into fights all the time and nobody ever got expelled, (laughs) you know? Well, those speeches only work on the good. Well, that's the thing. And to Edgar's point, like, stand up for yourself more. And uh, I think maybe my version of that advice would be is if you stand up for yourself now, when you really need to, and you beat the shit out of some people who really deserve it right now, 
you will be far less likely to lash out at people who don't deserve it 10 years from now. Yeah. I, uh, it, it bothers, it bothers you for a while. Like, you carry that. Yeah, you do. And, PTSD. Uh, there's, there's that. And then the other aspect to that is, uh, because of the bullying, I also bullied. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and so I wish, because if I would have stood up to my for myself, I would have been able to cause a kind of like a bubble around me, right? So if I would have stood up for myself, I wouldn't have been picking on people, right? Know? Yeah, for sure. And so then that I wouldn't have been this 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 shitty person I was, you know, getting picked on and picking on other people. If if I would have stopped it, none of that would have happened. Yeah, nobody. You else stop would. a cycle. You stop, stop the cycle at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yep. and, and I wouldn't have done that to other people, making them feel the same way, you know, because yep. here, here's a funny story in the building that I work at, I don't know, 10, 10 years back, I went down to get some uh, turkey from that one place that it's in the building, right? There's this nice place that sells turkey. They make a turkey every day and they like chop it up and sell it and whatnot. But anyway, oh, wow. I was waiting in line. Oh, that's the place where you got the cockroach in your potatoes. Yes, yes, but this is this is not that story. Oh, I thought you were gonna be like, and I didn't say anything about it. I just, I just ate, ate it. it. <laughs> I just ate it. I just okay. ate it. I should have spoke up. <laughs> no, I let that guy have it. But but anyway, like uh, the bully was in the line waiting for turkey, and I was sent, I was standing there. Your work bully? The bully that was from school. Oh, was had shown up there and he was like wearing a suit i think he's a lawyer now damn small world yeah for sure and so that bully from grade school was standing in line and i was standing right behind him and he looked at me and he like chuckled to himself and all i could do was sit there and just fucking want to kick his ass yeah I think about it is, is like i could kick this guy's ass like i could kick his ass good like really good i'm sure i could kick this guy's ass and i was thinking like what would happen you know yeah all the shit that I would lose, all the stuff that would happen. Like I have a baby. I think I had a baby at the time. So I was like, so I just sat there and he turned around and he looked at me and he saw that I was fucking steaming. And then he just turned around and walked away. But like that guy got a chuckle out of seeing me now. Yeah. He remembered all the shit that he used to do to me. Now there's a part two to that. So <laughs> never saw that guy again. A year or two later, I'm at the Starbucks near that that turkey place because you know all this stuff is in the building i'm at the starbucks and this girl that i used to bully was in the starbucks and she looked at me the same way yeah and i felt like such shit and i wanted to apologize and i didn't get to because she left before i could yeah wow i thought about how i felt when i saw my bully and I'm I'm positive she felt the same way when she saw me, and she just was shooting daggers at me, and rightfully so. Like I deserve yeah. whatever uncomfortableness that I got because I got off easy in comparison to the, all the teasing and shit that I did to her, you know. And I didn't beat her up or anything like that. It was just verbal bullshit, you know. But yeah. Because everybody was doing it, and everybody's doing it, and you don't want to be the target. There's a new target. You you chime in with the target and bully that person. I just wish I would have been a stronger person a more courageous person, a person of, of, of a better quality, more, better. more confident, more confident, more just so that that would not have happened. And so, yeah, I, 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 you know, I really regret being that person, you know? Um, and that's, that's one of those things too. Like, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Silly, but uh. it's, it's true. And I never thought about 
what I was doing to her until I saw her grown up. Sure. She was, she was an adult, a full grown adult. And this person hated me. Yeah. You know? So well, there, that, that would be one thing I would tell myself to stand up for yourself. Because you're going to do more than just stand up for yourself. You're going to stand up for everybody that's that you're connected to. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a that's a good point that learn how to stand up for yourself be, because it's not just you. It's everybody that you're you're saving a bunch of people from dealing with your bullshit. Yeah. Down the road. Yeah. But also like like you're saying it's going to be easier for you to stand up for yourself later. So like this, Yeah. This means speaking up for yourself when it comes time for for a well, Yeah, learn learn how to be confident. Like just just because somebody's being condescending to you, doesn't mean that they're in a position to be condescending to you. Yeah, you know, like just just they they don't make the assumption that they're right. You know. Yeah, I, it's, you don't give them that power. It wasn't that they were right. It was just I didn't have the courage to tell. No, them. It, well, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I was in the same position. I've, I've same like virtually the same experiences. What's what's irritating to me is that uh, for a, a stretch there, I used to get into fights a lot. Like I, I used to, I guess I, I not necessarily standing up for myself, but being more than willing to get into a fight. You know what I mean? And there's a difference. There's a difference between being willing to fight and being and standing up for yourself. They're not the same thing, you know. But uh, there was there was a point in time there where I was I was all too willing to get into a fight. And the end result was not like people stopped picking on me or, or you know, no, like I'd get in the fight. I'd win the fight and bully would still bully. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about it, it has nothing to do with with anything. It has to do with it, it doesn't have anything to do with that physical dominance. It has to do with, you know emotional, psychological, mental, you know, they can still get that, that feeling of superiority, you know, because they know I'm not going to like fight them. I'm not going to just like go after them in front of like 40 people. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I never, I never fought my way out of bullying. Like I definitely hurt a lot of people like physically hurt bullies, but it never didn't stop the bullying. That's fucking crazy. Because the story yep. is, the narrative is always like, oh, well, you beat the guy up and he's going to leave you alone. Not necessarily. No, because all, all that happens is they make sure they're never in the position to be physically, like they're never in the position to lose to you physically again. They're always with four or five of their friends. Mm -hmm. Or it's always in front of the classroom where, you know, you can't get into a fight in the classroom. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Bullies um, are good about like. Well, yeah. Because the, the, well, uh, bullies, bullies are really good at, at being cowards. You yeah. know, it's all Finding about your cowards. insecurities. And uh, anyway, like, no, like I, I never fought my way out of bullying. Like I beat plenty of bullies, didn't stop the bullying from happening. And so like that's again, like I'm gonna circle back to. You got to know the difference between standing up for yourself and being willing to fight. They're not this. It's not the same thing. It's yeah, not. There's a lot you could do with words. And I feel like yep. I, it's easier for me to stand up for other people now. Like I'll, I'll do it all the time for, for, for the people that, that work for me. Like when deadlines or something get come in and they're a little ridiculous. I'm like, hey, you know, can't do that. That's not that's not a, a deadline or that's not something we can do. It, it doesn't make any sense. You guys are, you know, you guys misplan stuff we can do a better job 
like you got to give me more time we can't be the ones always being the ones squeezed down in time and you guys get the luxury to hang out until fucking friday at 4 30 you know right yeah so like um yeah so I, it feels easier for me to do it for other people i think it's still it's still a problem for me personally but i'm not sure i don't think it is anymore you know i, th- I don't know if i worked out that issue or not but i don't remember an issue where i feel that oh i should have stood up for myself i don't have that not lately it's been easier with the kids. no yeah i i am especially in my 40s like just so much more courageous just individually you know like give it give so much less shit about anybody else and like so much more willing to stand up for myself and and put up boundaries where net boundaries need to be like, I don't know what it is about being in my forties, but apparently that's the magic power. I, I think, I think you got something there. I do feel like now that I'm an old man, I kind of don't give a shit, you know, like, yeah, married, I, I think I, that's the ultimate superpower is not giving a shit. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, or maybe knowing what not to give a shit about or what to not give a shit about. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lot less worried about being embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, which I think I can standing up for yourself. Couldn't give less of a shit about being embarrassed. I mean, I wouldn't be doing a podcast if I was. I mean, I'm sitting here wearing a NASA t shirt. <laughs> like, I have that same shirt. Right? <laughs> wearing a NASA t shirt, and I've got like half of my hair is just hanging down, like down my forehead, like Eddie Munster. Like, no, I don't care. So, so Lechuga, you have another one. I think, I think, uh, not my cousin Dan and I have uh, kind of done a couple already. You got one? Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, mine is a little the opposite of what Dan described. My freshman year of high school, I started to gain weight. I always played a lot of sports, but I just started gaining weight. I was eating like garbage, you know, like teenagers do. And then I kept getting injuries. Like I hurt both my knees, and I would twist my ankle. So I would be hurt for a while and couldn't play the sports I like. So I would keep gaining more and more weight. And at one point, like my weight really ballooned up. Really? Um, yeah, dude, I was like, I think at one point I got up to like two thirty. Huh. Uh, yeah. Which is like 60 pounds more than what I weigh right now. Um, so it was like a considerable difference. You're a tall guy. I'm six even. So Edgar, you're probably like two thirty right now. I'm like, I walk around like at two thirty five, two forty. Yeah, but you're also, but like you're a buff dude. So oh, thank you. But yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly Edgar's life. a is a burly man. <laughs> but at the time when I was 14, 15, I was not six feet tall. I didn't really hit my growth spurt until like maybe 16, 17. So I was probably like, I don't know, five, seven, five, eight at that time. So I mean, that's oh, a lot wow. of weight. Yeah, that's a lot yeah, of weight okay. to carry at that height. So and I started to get like kind of bullied, you know. And I was not one of the cool kids because before that I was a bit of a nerd. Like I always did really well in school and I liked going to school and I was always advanced, you know, when it yeah, came yeah. to whatever subject it was, I would be an AP or whatever, advanced, whatever. Uh, so I was not a cool kid and suddenly I was getting fat. And like the summer between freshman to sophomore year, I decided enough of that. I was going to be a whole new version of me and this new version of me, was going to be like really outgoing and reckless. So instead of being like the kid in class that would raise their hand and answer everything, now I was like sitting in the back and I became the class clown. 
the reason I did this is because I didn't want to get bullied. I wanted to be cooler, you know, that's why we do anything when we're teens and it worked. So I started getting invited to parties all the time. So I was going to parties all the fucking time. I started ditching school. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Like the people I was friends with freshman year, I was of that group of friends. I was the only one that graduated high school. Everyone else said, yeah, by the time we were 17, 18, everyone had either dropped out or gotten their girlfriend pregnant or got kicked out of school. A bunch of my friends were expelled. They're sent to the alternative high school. Uh, I was under threat to be sent to the alternative high school because of the dumb shit I was doing. I was doing straight up reckless, stupid shit all the fucking time. I was in a band for a while. I was going to concerts all the time. Yeah, dude. It was like a completely different version of me from when I was 14 to when I got to 17. And like, if I could go back, I don't know if it would work because I had a lot of teachers try to do an intervention because it would be like, you get A's on every one of your tests, but you are failing every one of your classes because you're either ditching or you're not doing any homework or you're being so disruptive that you're getting suspended. I I was getting suspended too from school. And like... (laughs) I wish I could just convince myself to focus that energy into something more productive. Like there are other ways to be cool and like get acceptance and, you know, make friends than that. Like, I can't even imagine the amount of heartache I must've put my parents through. But at the time, like every time I would do this stupid shit, I would get positive reinforcement for it. Like uh, even though I was a fat kid, I always had girlfriends there's at no point from the age of 14 to 18 was I ever really single at, at every point I had some, I was dating some girl that was out of my league. Um, I was always invited to shit and the kids that used to bully me all liked me now. Cause I was the crazy kid that would do fucking whatever, anything. And I don't know, like, I really wish I had, um, built a different reputation for myself. Cause now when I look back on it, like I cringe, like I, I feel so fucking embarrassed. Oh, I, I would say 90% of my memories in life, not just limited to high school, but like 90% of my memories of my time on earth are cringe memories. Like <laughs> 90% of the memories that, that come back to me, like are immediately like, Oh God, that's embarrassing or whatever, you know, like, well, well, I'm not you know, proud of that, you know. The funny thing is, so that intervention finally at one point happened for me. And it was um my freshman year of college where like being the fat funny guy really didn't get you the kind of reward that it does in high school. No, for sure. I can tell you from experience. Yeah, and college yeah, girls yeah. aren't the, re- as- the rewards are much lower. Yeah. And college girls are not quite as willing to date that guy no. as the girls in high school were. So no. like instead between the summer of freshman to sophomore year of college, I got obsessed with fitness and I got in ridiculous shape. I kept like a food journal. I broke down the macros of every one of my meals. So like making sure I was getting the right amounts of fats, protein, carbs, everything. Um, I got in absurd shape. And I, I like it all happened over the span of maybe four months where people that hadn't seen me in that time didn't recognize me when I would walk in a room yeah. they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. But as that what happened was, I guess, like being fat was also a bit of a shield where well, like sure. I, did, I didn't care about being embarrassed, like whatever. I always, already look bad. So like, it right, doesn't yeah. matter. And then when all that weight was gone, instead, I became like much more introverted. And like, sure. uh, yeah, like even though now I was like, you know. I was considered a handsome guy. I had way less confidence than I did when I was a fat guy. 
ridiculous. Yeah, dude, it's weird how that happens. And I'm not the only one. Like, you know, when you lose a bunch of weight, you end up meeting other people that did too. And almost everyone yeah. has the exact same. Dude, uh, I I have I have gained and lost and gained. Like, I I've never been like thin or or really honestly fit. But, I got like, ripped. <laughs> but like, I have been. Um, I have been on the spectrum of like, you wouldn't look at me and immediately think, oh, that guy's fat, you know, yeah. like you would look at me and be, and, and think like, that guy looks pretty solid, you know? And, there, and I, I, and I have had times where like, look, my, my muscle tone is actually pretty good. You know, you get, you get beneath the fat and I, I've, I've got a lot of muscle on this body. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty fit fat guy as it, as it were. <laughs> But like when I am, when I'm slimmer, when I have been the status where like I look in the mirror and I don't see a fat guy, I absolutely 100%. I don't know that I'm less confident, but I am a lot more like, I do not want people to see me. You know, I like, I, I need, I need to be able to meld into the background, you know? Yeah. You care way more about how you look and what you're wearing and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've cut a lot of weight. I, I, I usually run pretty chunky throughout my life. And whenever I competed in anything, I would cut down. And so the competitions that I went through, I would cut down. And I do remember worrying, worrying about what I'm wearing. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I, like, I, I get a little more snazzy with my, with my getup. All of a sudden, it's like, does this shirt fit around my belly? You know? Yeah. How, how, do, how do I look when I sit down? Yeah. You know? All of a sudden, all that stuff that you never really think about when you're really honestly and for truly fat, you know, you never think about it because there's no point. Like, you don't think about it because, like, yeah, I look like shit. My belly looks awful when I sit down in this shirt and in these pants because I'm fat. When you slim down, it's an option to not look like hell. Yeah. It's just funny that you would get even more vain. When you look better, you would think that maybe you would. I don't. I, I. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. It's weird. Well, because you spend so much of your life, if you're like me, you spend so much of your life feeling like it's futile, like there's nothing that you can do to really look good. That when all of a sudden you can look good, it's like holy fuck! I want to look good. You know. I think it's uh this chase for validation. So when you're the funny guy. And you get complimented for being funny. That becomes your focus. You want to be sure. funny at all times. Yep. And like, if no one's laughing at the stuff you're saying, you feel like shit about it. Like, oh yep. man. And then when you lose weight or whatever, people will tell you like, hey, you look good. Like people will comment on it. And then suddenly that becomes the thing you're kind of chasing after. Yeah. And when yeah. you're not getting that kind of attention, then you start to think, do I look bad? Because yeah. right. no one's saying it right now that I look good. So I must look bad. And it starts, it like, burrows into your brain yeah i think it's a human condition really sure uh there was there was one time i was i had slimmed down and you know i i had dressed up just to go to the atm you know and coming (laughs) out of the atm i'm walking and uh i just remember this because it was so obvious this girl you know this woman she looked at me and she did like a double take i didn't know who she was but she she like did a double take and she was just like staring at me and I felt good about myself, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. You can't well, have that feeling, right? Uh, so, and you, like, you seek that feeling. 
I used to get that feeling. So one of the times where I, I got trim, I, uh, I lost a lot of belly, but I did it more by putting on muscle than by doing like a lot of cardio or anything. Mm -hmm. And so like my arms were absolutely, you've seen these photos, Edgar, like you've seen these photos of me, like my arms were my arms and my chest and my shoulders were like goddamn ridiculous. Like I, just absolutely insane. And I remember no, when I would be no, at the gym, when I would be at you go to the gym, you, you do a pump or something and then your arms get gigantic. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, right now, right now I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, on the machine. So like, I don't have free weights at, in the building that go up this high, but on the machine, I'm doing standing chest pressed at, at 220. And, uh, like I've kind of leveled it out there. I was like, I'm not going to push it past this because I don't want, I don't want to get huge because <laughs> like when I'm, when I'm doing it, I look, I look in the mirror and it's like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe like I'm, I'm must be some kind of freak. Like, but anyway, um, you are no i would i would go to the gym and i'd be working out and the other dudes the other guys in like the weight section i'd be getting these like jesus christ look at that guy looks <laughs> and yeah you 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 kind of get addicted to that it feels good especially after a lifetime of getting the exact opposite look or no look whatsoever yeah you know i think women describe it especially after menopause that there's a switch that happens where you can tell that you're no longer viewed as a sexual object. And then that makes you like not care or whatever. Right. So right. I think the same kind of thing happens if you lose a lot of weight or, you know, quote unquote, improve your physical appearance. You can tell the difference in the way other people are perceiving you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. It is How do we, we're stuck on this. We're stuck. <laughs> uh i can talk about vanity yeah uh, sorry i don't know i fault, think i think no 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 i think on this along these same lines something i'd go i'd want to tell so like what have i told what have i told baby dan uh told baby dan other people ruin everything i've told baby dan don't be afraid to get in trouble i've told baby dan Make it rain at that point. Don't worry so much about money. And I don't mean like be reckless with money. I mean, just don't, you don't have to worry so much about it right now. You can worry about that later. I think I would go back and tell baby Dan worry about fitness now because it's going to be so hard later. That's a good one. It's, it, it's, it will be so comparatively easy to get fit and stay fit when you're 14 compared to how impossibly hard it is to get fit and stay fit. Once, once you hit 30, it's, it's over. You're, you're always going to lose that battle. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, man. I think you still do it. It's just about having the time. Well, no, but that's that's the thing. And like the more research they do into this, the more science that they 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 study about fitness and fatness and mm -hmm. and metabolism and, and obesity and, and everything, the more they find it's like. 
not every it's not it's not like a an individual failing it's it's like literally not everybody can be fit there are some of us who are going to be fat and it doesn't matter how much work and how much control you're going to be fat that's just how it works you know uh i i do think that's true for some people i don't think that's true for for everyone like I want to say that there are people who are going to have that metabolism issue and they're going to have uh, they're going to be allergic to gluten or whatever. And they're going to be they're going to have all kinds of issues and, and that's going to cause them to, to gain weight. But I want to say that that's a small. Uh, but I like I, I saw I, I saw somewhere. I, number one, I don't think it's a small segment of the population. Yeah, I don't think it's a small segment of the population who like you just have a propensity for for carrying carrying extra weight but i also there there was some and this was i i wouldn't know where to point to this all i know is that i saw it where it was some kind of data that's that's like if you are already obese you have a you would have a better chance of being a heroin addict and getting clean and staying clean you would have a better chance of that, which is already a minuscule chance, a minuscule chance of, of being an opioid addict who gets clean and stay, stays clean. That's like one tenth of one percent. People who never relapse. It's crazy. You'd have a better chance of that than starting off as being obese, getting fit, losing all that weight, getting physically fit learning how to control your diet and staying fit. You'd have a better chance of trying to kick opioids than you would of trying to become a fit person. Well, if you, if you travel to like other countries, like for example, when you go to Europe, everybody's a stick over there. I don't know if that's true. I was, I was just in Italy and there are a lot of fat people. It might be Americans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the tourists. No, but no, I I mean, yes, like, but, but like obesity isn't like a strictly American phenomenon. Yes. More of us are big, more of us are obese than in other countries, but like, it's, you don't just go to London or Paris and walk around and you don't see people who are chubby, you know, like not everybody is a chiseled Adonis. They might not be like clinically obese. Yeah, but they got they got roles. You know, that's, that's they got carrying extra weight just like anybody else. Yeah, but I I didn't see as as big people like we see here. And and here's here's what I think. Um, and again, this is just Jim Bro talk. But like I think what it is is a little like I think it's easier. It's we can lose weight. It's, it's about, but unfortunately here in, in the United States, it would be more about discipline because the food is so addictive here. Uh, sugar. There's so much. Well, sugar. there is there's sugar in everything because it makes sugar. everything shelf stable. Corn exactly. syrup, corn syrup mm-hmm. makes everything last longer. Yeah. So they and put it, it in everything. And it's in everything. And God forbid yeah. you, have to, you have to go and get yourself a hamburger because you can't afford to, you know, actually get a decent cut of food or whatever or you don't have the time to cook for yourself so you're going to hit these these fat food fast food joints that are just preserving this shit with sugar and all kinds of salt and all kinds of crazy stuff now, that they're putting in it but 
And then that's how that, I think that's the problem. I think that's I, the- well, I think that's definitely part of the problem. But I mean, I will counter that with and this isn't scientific per se, but I will counter that with uh, in my family. I come from a long line of fat people, you know, like I can show you fo- family photos going back generations from before we were ever in America, you know, going back to when the, the ancestors lived in Poland or in Lithuania. And, you know, I can show you photos from right around the turn of the 20th century up through today. Clearly, based on those photos, we are a fat group of people, you know, Uh, it's and so like I and like science will agree with with that statement that like some people are just going to. That's just how it is. You're just going to carry more weight. Well, it's just to interject you know, a little bit, because uh, I, I respectfully, I disagree with you on this one, Dan. And I think uh, part of you does as well, because you said what you would do is go back in time and tell yourself to get fit sooner. So if you completely believe that it's a losing battle, why would you want to go back and tell your younger self to exercise more? Just because it's a losing battle doesn't mean it's a battle that's not worth fighting. Like, okay. Like, and just because it's a losing battle doesn't mean I could, you know, I could be less fat, you know? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, like anybody, you, anybody can go and look into the science of it. Anybody can pick up the phone and start talking to a nutritionist or a doctor, anybody who's in touch with the latest research on this, and you will find out this fucking idea of well all you have to do is exercise and eat right is fucking lies it's lies i disagree yeah it's lies disagree 100 percent. you can disagree all you want disagree you can disagree all you want i would uh, i would suggest that you go and do some fucking research you can disagree you can have all the opinions that you want but if it was just a matter of eat right and do the exercise, I would be a fucking rail right now, dude. Dude, it's it's the eat right part is really difficult. That's the part that keeps us fat. And that's the part that's the hardest. It's very, very difficult. And, and that's why it's not so easy. But I mean, but if you if you do that part right, everything will come off, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm only telling you because I've I've had. Uh, fitness oh. professionals on the on the show and they've told me the same thing and fair and, enough dude yeah so it's i mean you, again i i'm i'm gonna stand by what i say and i'm gonna stand by the actual fucking science as a person who works in the field of science i hear you i'm gonna stand by that and you know like yeah hey let me ask you something edgar i'm fat. just just for shits and giggles I mean, you watch you watch your diet closer than anybody I've ever fucking known. You watch your diet closer than anybody and you work harder than anybody I've ever known. I don't. Well, you used to. I used to. Yeah. And I have never in my life, as long as we have known each other and I'm not throwing this out there as a shot because I can I have done the same in my life. I have controlled my diet to the point where i'm recording every fucking gram of nutrition that goes into my body and recording every gram of weight that's coming out of my body like i 
I have recorded every ounce of activity that like I have done the work many times. And as an adult past the age of 24, I have never weighed less than 225 pounds. So just throwing it out there. If it's just a matter of eating right and doing the exercise, which I know I was doing to the point of tracking to the gram, everything that's going into my body and coming out of my body, tracking to the calorie, every amount of exercise that I'm doing, how have I never weighed less than 225 pounds? If it's just a matter of getting the diet right and doing the work, how have I never weighed less than 225 pounds? I don't, I'm not there with you in the kitchen, man. I, I can't tell you. Like, I, you would have to get a professional and get... I would all, and, and I mean, I'm throwing this out there for you too. Like, Dude. I've known you for, for 20 years. I don't think I've ever known you to, let, to weigh less than 220. I've always weighed, I've, for competition, I have gone down to 200 pounds. So I have been 200 pounds here and there. And I will say it's difficult. I have, we, we have families, we have, we have things to do. We have jobs that keep us uh, sedentary. I mean, that's just part of it too, you know? It's a lifestyle. So, like, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of some of the things I'm saying that, that I should be doing. I'm just saying that that's, that's, that's. And, like, if it, if it was, as, <clears throat> if, if the math was as simple as just do the exercise and watch your diet, nobody would be fat. If the math was as simple as that, nobody would be fat. I'm saying, I'm saying I like pizza. I like pizza. <laughs> I like pizza a lot. And, and for me, it's, you know, it's hard to resist pizza. I like tacos. I'm going to eat tacos. There's, I, I want to live a life that is also comfortable, but that, that comfortable life doesn't exactly match up with the way I wish I looked, you know? Uh, and and I, wish I, I wish I looked like fucking, you know. Um, All right. So then I'm going to come at it from, from a different angle. I'm going to come at it from a different angle. Lechuga. Yeah. You're a slim guy. Yeah. How much but do you I haven't weigh? always been. How much uh, do you weigh? 170. You weigh 170. Mm -hmm. How much do you exercise? Well, because of uh, all the injuries I've had, I exercise maybe two, three times a week. You do you you work out for two, three times a week, what? Yeah. An hour, half an hour? Like a half hour, half so hour do, to an hour. You, you exercise half an hour to half an hour, half an hour to an hour, three, two to three times a week. Yeah. You weigh 170 pounds. How closely do you watch what you eat? Pretty closely. How closely is pretty closely? Like, are you tracking every calorie that comes in? Are uh, you weighing, weighing what comes out of you? Not anymore. I used to. Uh, now, for the most part, I eat more salad than I think uh, any adult male you guys know. Uh, I usually eat red meat maybe once or twice a week. Wow, almost. once or twice a week? You see, I eat red meat almost every freaking day. No, yes, I, that's a, that's a problem. I had to stop doing that just for blood pressure reasons. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. my snacks, like when I snack on things, it consists of like nuts, unsalted nuts. Those are the things in vegetables and fruits. And I drink probably a gallon of water a day. The only non-water I drink is green tea and I never put sugar in it. Okay. So, so I you so here's so you you watch you watch your diet relatively closely but not to an obsessive point no. you only 
you only I, exercise three days, three days a week, and yeah. you're 170 pounds. Yeah. See, that's a and so like thing. Well, a little bit of my family background. So on my mom's side of the family, o- obesity runs pretty rampant. On our my dad's side, which is the side I share with Edgar, it's it's pretty 50 50. Would you agree with that, Edgar? There's some half our family's pretty fit, and the other half is obese. And and to be fair, like everybody who's who's obese now, at one point, especially when they were young, they were they were all skinny. Yeah, uh, on the side of the family we share. So when I was I was fat when I was a fat kid, I just assumed it's because I'm like the people on my mom's side. Um, but then when I got really serious about my health and fitness, I was able to lose weight. It took a ton of it took a ton of work, and I was pretty miserable. It was awful not being able to eat the things you want to eat and cutting all that shit out of your life and spending so much time in the gym. At that point, I was working out six to seven days a week. I was yeah. and for an hour to an hour and a half, six to seven days a week um, on top of all the sports I was playing and all that shit. But I was able to lose the weight. And now I've been able to keep the weight off and I don't religiously watch what I eat. I'll still sometimes have cheat days and I'll eat stupid shit I shouldn't eat. But the weight has stayed off. Yeah. You know, like... And- See, like, hey, for me, what, what you know, you can you can say all you want, you can you can you can preach up and down. All you got to do is is do the right things. I'm not trying to preach. If, if I sleep, if I sleep for a week, nerves, man. I'm no, just, it, it's I'm getting on my nerves. It's getting on my nerves because it's patently wrong. It's not. It's not scientifically accurate and it's not true. And and you're telling people out there that like I'm not telling what what, what, what telling we. You. I mean, it's just, <laughs> what what's what fitness experts have been telling us for a hundred years is still true <laughs> it's fucking not and we know it's not it's, it's and a, i don't know man you know? okay okay so look, look at look at him like he's eating salads more often than i even look at him i i don't I, I fucking eat red meat every day i have eggs every day and then like maybe twice a week i have pizza and and then maybe twice a week aside from the pizza i also have tacos of course I'm 235 plus. Of course. <laughs> okay, so so how do you how do you explain like I I, I can give you example exa- after example after example of, I'm describing of people pizza. who are like 115 pounds and all they do is eat pizza and tacos all the fucking time and they never exercise and they're, they they're 115 pounds. There's people like that. Yes. Yeah, they're outliers though. They're outliers. Just I like- don't think they're as much outliers as we think they are. I don't know, man. <laughs> one cat that I know, he's a jujitsu guy. He's like famous. He's, you know, uh, uh, Mikey Misumichi. He's, he's this crazy guy. All he, he eats pizza every fucking day. And he is jacked. He's a muscle, muscly little jujitsu guy. He's about, I don't know, I, I forget how much he weighs. He's probably like 150. But he's, he's jacked, right? And how old is he? He's like 25 or something. There you go. There's the answer. <laughs> Number one, yeah, he's young. Number two, he, so someday he's going to be a fat motherfucker. If he, keep, if he keeps fat, it up. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I have a bunch of friends that were like that in our twenties yeah. and they're all fat now. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of things happen and, and I do agree with this because in, in, in terms of the science, your metabolism starts dropping, right? As the older yeah. you get. And, and you so make less hard. testosterone. Yeah. And you make less testosterone. So all the things that keep you skinny when you're young, it's, 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 uh, you know, that shit starts going downhill when you go up in, in age, but this kid, he eats pizza every day. But there's two things about the way he eats his pizza. First off, he only has one pizza. He eats the whole pizza by himself, but that's all he eats. <laughs> the entire day? The uh, entire day. He's oh, well, there you go. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I think he even drinks it. I think he even has like a fucking two liter of Coke or something with it, too. That is crazy. Fucking nuts. But he. Jesus Christ. That's but, like 3,000 calories yeah, of just pure he, sugar. Of Not pure just sugar. that, but the, the spike he's giving his sugar. And the he, pizza. But so he's, he eats once, though. This is like a runway to diabetes. <laughs> yes. But that. But he only eats once a day. I, I don't know what the rest of the fucking shit that, that could be doing to him in terms of like biology. Or, I don't mm-hmm. need any of that. I'm not a scientist. I don't, I could give a fuck, but like, but I, I get a kick out of it because you know, yes, he's 25. He's doing jujitsu all fucking day. Right. Yeah. And he only eats one meal a day. And, and, and that's just fucking pizza that he makes himself, by the way, he makes the pizza from scratch because he's a little, he's a little nuts. So like he does that, all that, and he gets away with it. But that's why he gets away with it. It's one meal. He's not eating pizza all the day, all, the whole day. He's eating one pizza, and it's big fucking pizza all by himself. But once a day, that's all. That's the only meal he has. So, yeah, I don't. I'm sure there's other things that there's probably like uh, genetics is probably a part of it. I'm sure. But the fact that he's also doing jujitsu all day, he's working out the whole fucking day because that's his profession, lucky fucker. And, and, and that's, that's how he can get away with it. But he's doing something all day long and he's eating fucking pizza. I'm sure if I could fucking, you know, work out all fucking day long, which is impossible because I wouldn't be able to make money. But if I could work out all fucking day long, I could fucking be a, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I, I know plenty of people. I know plenty of people who who have jobs that basically come down to working out all day long. People who who work who are roofers, yeah, you know. And I don't know, like working as a roofer, that's a that's a fourteen hour workout. Yeah, but those guys don't take care of themselves, man. And and they're like, I know plenty of roofers who are fat, you know. Well, and like they don't eat crazy. At least I don't witness them eating crazy. But but like here here's the other thing like so you said okay so you have pizza like once a week and you have tacos do you eat to the point do you eat pizza to the point where you're like throwing up no you eat like two pieces of pizza maybe three Kurt <laughs> shaking his head no I eat pizza till I'm like ah that's the only way to eat pizza yeah, only but, way eat but like anybody <laughs> anybody should be able to do that once a week I do it twice a week and I do that with tacos twice a week. Well, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Well, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, this is this is the. I like how honest you are about I, it. And, and like, I don't do I don't do that shit. And I work out five to six times a week. And like, I struggle to burn two pounds. Can I can I tell you, know? you something that is going to make you mad? I'm working out too much. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> it's, it's more bro science. Okay, so look. Um, uh, about a month ago, I was walking around at 2.45. I changed one thing. They didn't change anything else. I go to the gym four or five times a week. I go, I go hit the gym. I've been doing that ever since I started this new place because it's so close. It's six minutes away. I sneak over there during lunch, and I'll sneak over there in the evening whenever I can. So I try to go as much as I can. I get there maybe four or five times a week if I'm lucky. Usually it's like twice a week. Anywhere between two, two times to five times a week, right? So I'm over there. I didn't change anything else. I'm still eating pizza. I'm still fucking eating hamburgers. I'm still eating fucking tacos like a fucking asshole. I'm, I'm eating, and like I said, I'm eating, I'm eating this shit till, till my fucking belly button's going to pop like a fucking turkey, right? Like, 
you know, like when they're done in the fucking oven. That's how me. I know I'm going to get mad and know this is going to make me mad. So then one thing I started doing <laughs> that changed it, which is stupid. I listened to this fucking cat. Uh, he's like a podcaster. His name is Andrew Huberman. And he, he has like this modality thing about how you should wake up and, and how what you should do with your day, blah, blah, blah. And there's all this other shit and all of it is fucking too hard for me because, you know, I, I'm too fucking lazy for half of it. But the one thing I did like pick up was take a cold shower or take a, a Dude, cold plunge. I knew you were going to, I was literally going to say like, did you start taking cold showers? Started taking cold showers. I knew that's where you were going with this. Three minutes, three minutes a day. I do it every fucking day. All right. There's other benefits <laughs> that I get from it. I swear to you. I didn't change anything else. I'm not watching what I'm eating. I'm not eating fucking salads. I'm, I'm fucking, the only thing I don't do that's straight up egregious is, is drink soda. I don't drink soda. But I do everything else that you shouldn't be doing. I'm eating candy bars, fucking eating pizza, fucking, and I'm over here at the gym telling guys, I'm going to compete in the next one, man, because I'm trying to wait. <laughs> and it never happens, right? But I started taking cold showers, three minutes, cold showers, as cold as I can take it, and I dropped 10 pounds. Just doing that. Just doing that because it does a couple of things. It, it releases all kinds of endorphins and blah, blah, blah. And fucking. No, man. It sounds like you're going to the gym more than you used to. Uh, well, I mean, since I started at this place back in September. Yeah. That's, I've been going like that ever since. Okay. Because I got this bug in my ear from somebody. You know what else. story you never hear from these fitness experts, Edgar? You know the story you never hear about is? The clients for whom the shit didn't work. Of course not. That's the story you never hear about. You always hear about like, well, I can tell you what works and blah, 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 blah. You don't hear about the 10, 15 clients in a row whose that shit didn't work for. You know why? Because they're fucking eating pizza and fucking tacos all the time like me. That's no. why. And they fucking okay. got to be honest. Can I, can I posit something else to Dan? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, Dan, you're trying to take a science-based approach to this problem, right? And you're saying that a certain segment of the population is just genetically predisposed to be overweight to obese, right? I don't either that or this idea that like you can just generically apply these are good principles and these are bad principles. Okay, well, that's where I'm getting at. But for, for now, what you're saying is a certain segment of the population genetically predisposed to be overweight and the normal stuff that would keep people at a healthy weight doesn't work for them. Yeah. Okay. And that that segment of the population is bigger than we both think that than I or Edgar think in the general population beliefs, right? Yep. Okay. I think it actually comes down more to uh, culture and socioeconomic status yes. because when you go to large cities and you walk around, especially in the parts of the city where people are wealthier, more often than not, how many obese people do you see walking around? They're, yeah, rich people are skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, they have access to better food. They have access to Okay. Foods. All right. Yeah. So where I'm getting where I'm yeah. getting to is and just in general, when you're in a large city, there's less obese people walking around than when you go to a rural part of that same state or a rural part of the country. And numbers I don't know back if that's true. I would have it, to it see is. those numbers. I don't doubt them, but I don't you could literally look it up right now check out the most obese states in the United States and it's all across the South. And then look up uh, the average salary or average income 
and which are the poor oh, states. Sure. They happen to be those same states that are also the most obese. Yeah. And then oh, you can yeah. look up education rates, literacy rates in the United mm -hmm. States and look for the lowest ones, also the same states. So the states in which people earn less, have a lower education and have a lower income happen to be also the most obese states. So my question is, if a certain segment of the population is predisposed to be obese, wouldn't that be spread out more evenly across the country, regardless of how much money they make, regardless if they went to college and regardless of where right. they're living? Well, this, this is this is a complex issue and a complex problem. And you're never, ever, ever going to be able to get to this causative. You're never going to be able to say, like, well, what subset of the population that's obese in Alabama is also ha also has this genetic makeup that like you're you that the longitudinal research necessary to do that nobody's ever going to fund it and nobody's ever going to stick around for 85 I don't years know, man. to get it I don't think it just so happens that obese people are really magnetized to go to Alabama and <laughs> skinny people really want to live in New yeah, York Yeah but City. I'm not I'm not saying that they're two different no, I it, think it, this is I, a fucking syllogism. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, yes, you can be fat anywhere. You can your your yeah. cultural your, the the implications of your socioeconomic status and your cultural implications can contribute to you being fat, and it has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you're you're uh, 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 genetically predisposed. To obesity and you can also be genetically predisposed to obesity and have the wonderful benefit of being rich and having access to good quality food and 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 fitness that helps you prevent yourself from becoming fat in the first place you can you can be genetically predisposed to anything and then not actually have to deal with that you can be genetically predisposed to get stomach cancer and never get stomach cancer yeah. Happens all the time. You can be genetically predisposed to be obese and never have had to deal with being obese because of your your cultural and social standing. Exactly. You know? So that means or your you lifestyle it does make a difference. I'm not saying it doesn't make a difference. I'm saying it makes less of a difference than a lot of people people seem to think. A lot of people seem to think, and this is the sense that I'm getting from you guys, that physical fitness is just a matter of, well, all you have to do is eat right and do the exercise. No, and I'm it's not fucking that. not. I that's not said, the truth. No, that's not what I'm that saying. That's not, as I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying, but it's not that easy. It's very hard to do those things. And and I, and I'm not saying that that you're a bad person for for not, you know, not being able to like be skinny, dude. That I'm just saying that that it's very hard. Pizza's good. I like tacos. And the socioeconomic uh, thing that you're talking about, I don't know if it's true because tacos are expensive right now, man. No, the so the socioeconomic thing is absolutely 100% true. Like the the overlap between tacos. No, the the overlap between obesity and specifically childhood obesity, childhood mm -hmm. di childhood diabetes, like in in poor neighborhoods and poor areas of the country, it's way higher. It's and it's and it's because these are food deserts, places yeah, where exactly. the, the, the food available is Popeye's or, or McDonald's. There's no such thing as as a Whole Foods or a supermarket where people can buy decent food and make it, you know, you know and, and it's. Uh, yeah, the access to eating healthy is expensive as fuck. We've talked about this a number of times on this podcast. Mm -hmm. 
eating healthy is crazy expensive. And it's really I, cheap to eat shit. Yeah, and it's getting harder to eat shit even because fucking shit's so expensive now. I think where I fall on this is um, it is much harder for some than it is for others Absolutely. to be fit, to be a, at a healthy range. Uh, there are some people walking around that don't have to do a goddamn thing and they take their shirt off and they look like they go to the gym seven days a week. Yeah. Guys had friends just like that. Yeah. And then there are other people who run marathons and eat healthy, yet <laughs> with a shirt on, they look overweight or they look kind of chubby. I get that. I'm not denying any of that. Um, I feel like rarely in anything in life do we all start at the same starting line of the race. There are some people that are 100 yards ahead of you from the beginning of the race. They just got lucky and that's where they were placed. But I think it's very, very rare that someone, no matter what they do, are stuck where they're at in that race. Uh, if fitness is the race we're talking about. I think, I think, yes, there are some people that are genetically predisposed where it's going to be fucking nearly impossible for them to ever be at a healthy range with their weight. Sure. I just think that number is less than um, maybe what you think it does, what you think it is, Dan. You can believe what you want to believe, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, I've looked like into that, those numbers too, because for a while I I, um, I told you I was obsessed with weight loss and obesity yeah. and all stuff. I looked at all those things too. And there is no like, there's no way to know what that number is, right? Yeah. Unless unless you get a DNA sample from every single person on Earth, I think just because of the number of people, well, that that one statistic, and it's like I wish I could find it. You are if you are already obese, it would it would be easier. You you would be more likely to be able to conquer an opioid addiction than you would to conquer your obesity. It's, to really like you can lose weight and you can get healthier, but the chances of you getting to a point where you are no longer obese, according to the medical definition of it, you have a better chance of conquering opioid addiction. It's very difficult. I think that right mm -hmm. there. I think that statistic right there is it's a lot fucking harder than anybody wants to discuss or want. You know, you got these ridiculous bullshit shows like The Biggest Loser, you know, oh, yeah, like, that's awful. Like, dude, yeah, you can lose weight, but the chances that you put it, you, you're going to relapse just like just like you would if you were if you had any kind of other addiction or the the reality for a guy like me, the reality is, look. Yeah, I can lose weight. The chances of me losing enough weight to not be considered obese, according to the medical definition of obesity, are pretty slim, slim to none. Like, mm -hmm. let's just let's be flat, like the the real like like my intentions and my motives could be fantastic. But the real world numbers of people who actually make it that far, it's so slim, like I mean, we were we started off talking about winning the lottery. I have a better chance of winning the lottery than after making, a certain age than making that happen. Right? It's after a yeah. Certain like, age. Well, we can after thirty or thirty-five, whatever. You know, like it's uh, it's 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 an uphill battle. It's ridiculous, uh, especially since fat phobia. Like, oh, sure, and like I don't so think ingrained it's, into our society. I don't think it's not worth doing. You know, I, I spend effort every day trying to be healthier. I spend effort every day watching what I'm eating, changing up my workout, you know, do make making sure that I'm getting exercise and getting good nutrition. 
I, I do it. I put the work in and I know that the chances are I will never, ever, 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 ever be not obese, not be obese. I still do the work because it's worthwhile. It's worth it for my health. But like at some point or another, I have to get comfortable with the idea that I'm going to be a fat guy for the rest of my life. No matter how hard I work, no matter how, how right I do it, I'm going to be a fat guy and I have to be okay with that. And so does the rest of the world. Now, um, please don't be mad. What? <laughs> I said, please don't be mad. You're no, gonna- I'm not. I'm not mad. Like I, I was getting hot because I was maybe misinterpreting the the way that you guys were positioning things, or maybe you were misinterpreting the way that I was positioning things. Whatever. Like I'm not like. It's not like like I'm pissed off at you. It's like that. But this lie. This this out and out lie about like all you have to do is do the work, you know? No, that's just fucking not true. It's it's a lot harder than than just doing the work. It's easy to say. I understand that. It's a lot like cracking the code. It's it's a one hundred percent individualized thing because what works for you ain't gonna work for for lechuga, and what works for lechuga ain't gonna work for me. Well, it's lechuga, it's you lechuga know. is only eating lechuga right now. Like lechuga, all he eats is fucking you know grass and shit. I eat a salad for lunch nearly every day. I have for breakfast. I have oatmeal with some fruit and peanut butter in there and chia seeds. For lunch, I have salads, and then for dinner, something fresh. I I think I eat out maybe once a week. What? yeah man oh and i i cook like you guys wouldn't even believe how healthy i eat right like my portions are probably not perfect but you wouldn't even believe it you wouldn't even believe like like you'd be like how the fuck can you be as big as you are i think the key difference you you know a key difference we need to highlight is dan you keep doing it right like you don't just take a defeatist attitude like i'm gonna be fat no matter what i do so i'm gonna eat whatever the fuck i want No, because it's not it's about like I don't want to be, uh, there's a battle that I'm fighting. And it's like, I look, I look at my parents who are in their late seventies and both of them are damn near immobile. Mm-hmm. You know, they both need help. Like my dad walks with a cane. My mom is uh, fundamentally in a wheelchair at this point, you know, and like I'm fighting a battle. I can, I can, I can fight that. I, there are things that I can do to maybe make that not happen. You know, I might, there are things that I can do diet wise so that I don't have to deal with the diabetes or the heart disease or the skin cancer or whatever. That's the battle I'm fighting. The beating, the beating, the obesity. That's for me, that would be awesome. It's a nice fringe benefit. But realistically, the battle I'm fighting is I don't want the high blood pressure. I don't want the diabetes. I want my knees to work when I'm 80. You know, like that's that's the battle that I'm fighting. And then like being able to look good in a button up shirt. Hey, that'd be nice. But it's it's a fringe benefit. So I want to know what Lechuga is eating. So you're eating. You're mm-hmm. eating oatmeal and <laughs> chia seeds and, and yeah, some fruit and peanut butter, yeah, almond milk, bird seed and whatnot. And <laughs> you're having you're having lettuce or salad for lunch. For lunch. Yeah. What are you eating for dinner exactly? That changes every day. So I'm lucky in which that my my girlfriend, my partner, she loves to cook. She and she's a really really talented cook. 
So almost every day we eat something different for dinner and it, it's a wide gambit. She can cook all sorts of different food, but she likes to eat healthy too. So most of the time, if there's meat, it'll be like chicken or fish. And then, like I said, red meat is probably once a week, sometimes twice a week. Fridays are like our fun day where for the most part, we'll still cook at home, but it'll be something that's not considered healthy. Like if we're going to make, if we're going to have pizza, we're going to make a pizza. Or like if we're going to have like some pasta dish or something that's got unhealthy shit on it, that's, that's Fridays. But yeah, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what I have for dinner every day because it's something different at all times. So like, I don't know if you can see behind me, uh, wait up. Like we map out our menu for the week what? every week. Yeah. And then we also map out all the groceries we need. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. So we do that every week. Damn. Okay. So the way I do shit is I look in the refrigerator and if, <laughs> if there's eggs, I'll make eggs. Yeah. And if there's, if there's, uh, if there's chorizo, I'll make chorizo con huevo. And then if there's tortillas, I'll go ahead and make tortillas. If there's none of that shit, then I order out. Gotcha. And then, and then, then that's when I go crazy. Yeah. Well, that I'm, that's why I'm lucky to have her because I'm a shitty cook. And, uh, when she's not around, cause she, her family lives in another state. So oftentimes she'll leave for a couple weeks at a time to go be with them. And when she's not around, I do what you do. Where <laughs> I, if, if it's not in the fridge, like either I kind of just give up and I end up eating like, a, I'll, there are times where I'll just grab a spoon and I'll just eat a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> like, yeah, cause I can't, I, cause I you have to, right? Yeah, dude, I don't want to cook like, anything. You know, you can't be perfect every day. Like sometimes you eat like shit someday. And, and that's the thing that's really fucking unfair because like everybody should be able to just eat like shit every once in a while and not have to suffer this massive fucking consequences. And then there are some of us who it's like, well, I eat like shit for one meal a week. Yeah. One you know, out dad, of 21 meals, I eat like shit. And that one meal means I gain two pounds, you know? You know where I'm at the same level that you're at on this topic, Dan? Um, high cholesterol runs in my family on my yeah, father's side. For sure. Uh, not just like high cholesterol, but like dangerously high cholesterol. Sure. Yeah. I was I was born with high cholesterol. That's and you guys, yeah, I was since fucking, I got tested for cholesterol for the first time, I think when I was 14. Because my dad's heart doctor is like, you should test your sons because odds are they have high cholesterol already. And he did. And you know my brother. He's always been a fucking string bean. Uh, and his cholesterol was higher than my dad's. And he was only 14 at the time. Yeah, I was 16. He was 14. His cholesterol was higher than my dad's. And no matter what I eat, and you guys, I just ran down what I eat. My cholesterol is high. Like if I go to the doctor and get a blood test, I have high cholesterol right now. Wow. So. Yeah. So in, in a sense, like I, I relate to what you're saying, Dan, but at the same time, like Dan also does, that doesn't mean I'm just going to give up and decide to just eat whatever. Cause I'm like, well, my cholesterol sucks as it is. I should just eat whatever. It's like, well, no, it could be worse. You know, mm -hmm. at least I can limit the damage. So I think that's like the change in perspective. Yeah. You see, and that's where, and that's where I'm, I'm really bad. Cause I could, cause I don't have any of those problems. I don't have diabetes. I don't have, a high cholesterol. I don't have that is wild. Problems. I don't have any problems. I'm a fat ass. I don't have any of those problems. That's well, I'm happy for yeah. you. That's good. Yeah. There was, yeah, I don't like and my cholesterol is, is pretty good. Like the only thing I really dealing with is is high blood pressure right now. And like that speaks to I may be fat, but I'm doing the work right because by I should have 
blood pressure that cannot be controlled uh, other than medication right now. Like that's just Mm -hmm. every man in my family for five generations, you know, like, but I eat pretty well. I exercise. I might be fat, but I'm taking care of my body, you know? I was going to ask, uh, Dan, I don't know. Your family, is it Polish? Is that what you guys were? Mostly Polish with a tiny little bit of Lithuanian in there. Okay. Does, is it uh, high blood pressure something that runs in people from Poland? I don't really With know. Polish ancestry? Oh, okay. I don't know. There was I, I, Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was one time I got, I got uh, picked up on the, by the doctor for having high blood pressure, but I was actually losing weight and getting ready for a competition. And she's like, oh, your blood pressure is high. He says, like, yeah, I'm getting ready for a freaking for a freaking uh, competition. I got a tournament coming up in like two weeks or whatever it was. And she's like, well, it's really dangerously high. We might have to put you on some meds. And I'm like, no, don't do that. I'm telling you, it's just a <laughs> competition. Once yeah. the competition's over, I'll settle down and you'll see. And she's like, well, and she was like, I don't know. We should put you on medication. I'm like, fuck that noise. We don't need that. And so like she was pushing this stuff. And I said, no. And uh and so then she like took my like it was I guess really scary high because she kept checking. She's like, all right, I'm gonna let you settle down, and then we're gonna take your blood. We're gonna check your blood pressure again. And she she did it like three times, and it was still crazy high. The competition happened. I got like second place or whatever it was, and then I came back. Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. Thank you. <laughs> came home with my medal, whatever. Came home with a medal, you know, because there was only I two love guys. It. <laughs> <laughs> and I got second place because there's only two guys. And then, uh, but anyway, like so, like I. Uh, I, I get the blood pressure done again and it's down. It was gone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, yeah, I was telling you, you don't want to fucking give me pills and stuff. But like, I was worried though. And then like, I avoided going to the doctor until I knew it was down. Dude, you got yeah. lucky. Dan, to, just uh, for some background here on Edgar's mom's side of the family, pretty much all the men at some point have a heart attack. Yeah. Like all of our male yep. relatives on that side of the family have died from heart attacks. And by the time they're 40, oh, they've already had at least one on, on both sides of my family, both sides of my family. The men have heart attacks. Either they have heart attacks or they have some heart condition. You know, like my uncle, my dad's brother died of a massive heart attack at 54. My yeah. grandfather had uh, congestive heart failure. My, this is on my dad's side. Uh, my grandfather had congestive heart failure. My dad's uncle on his mom's side had congestive heart failure. My grandfather on my mom's side had uh, angina. Uh, my grand, my grandmother on my mom's side had a quintuple bypass. Like it's just like if, if I get out of this world without having a heart attack, it will be a miracle, dude. That's fucking rough, man. Oh, and it's just like, that's, that's the stuff where it's like, you wouldn't know it to look at me, but I try to take this stuff seriously, you know? Yeah. I understand, man. I mean, and I don't mean to make light of it, but I didn't know that you were going through all that. Like, in fact, that, that you have that much history with, with uh, heart failure and, and heart attacks. It's, I mean, that's just the family history. Every, every family's got, you know, it's like, and whatever. And and I like that's the that's the weird thing because we can sit here and talk about like, well, is it hereditary or is it environmental? Because I'd be willing to, to bet. I, I went on my little my little tirade about how, you know, I think it's far more prevalent that there are people out there for whom they have a predisposition to to 
carrying extra weight and being obese, you know, whatever. One thing that we do know scientifically without any question, 90% of our fitness is shaped by our um, environment. It's the environment that, that we live in shapes more about our, our level of fitness than anything else. So like you're in your forties and thank God you haven't had a heart attack or anything like that. And that's actually in question because I've had some, I've had a couple of doctors now told, tell me that, that they think I've had two silent heart attacks. What? Wow. What makes them believe that? Uh, EKG readings. Oh, was was that mean? Like they got some, they saw some damage in the EKG. Yeah, dude. So, like, how did you get the EKG readings? Why did you end up doing that? I had to have an EKG for a couple of different things. Okay, well, I mean, if there was like, I mean, I'm just wondering if I go to the doctor, the doctor's like, it's time for you to get the the finger up the ass and the EKG readings. You know, just like uh, it's time for you to do all that. You know. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, one of them was for like a pre-surgical check. Okay. And uh, what was the other one? Why did it? Oh, I went to the emergency room for, uh, I was having some stomach problems. Mm-hmm. And they did an EKG to to rule out like that I was having a heart attack. Yeah. Because that heart attack can present as that. Mm-hmm. And they did the EKG and they were like, well, you're not having a heart attack right now, but just these results clearly show damage, you know, that, that is consistent with, with the heart attack. And I was like, well, whatever, like, and it was irritating about that situation. So I've had that twice now I've had, and it's the same. I, I know exactly what they're talking about now. And it, it's one of, it could be one of two things. It could be a, that's just how my heart looks on the ekg you know that's just you know or they could be right like there's damage there from from like a silent heart attack the end result of either one of those is the same because the end result is okay what can i do about that well nothing oh fuck you know so it's not worth worrying about Mm. you didn't dude i feel like you didn't go to the stomach problem thing because you didn't go to the see the doctor because of the, the because of all the hot pepper stuff we were eating at that one point. No, 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 no. 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 I, I know that that did some damage to you, and I feel so bad. No, 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 no. That wasn't that. Okay, because I mean, there was one point where where we were eating hot stuff. We were on this hot hot pepper kick. <laughs> I've been there, man. So if there's one thing I could tell younger me, and I'm talking about like five years ago or three years ago or whenever it was. Younger don't, me, don't eat those fucking ghost peppers. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to eat the Carolina Reaper peppers, buddy. You can survive without them. Yeah, I was That's... not with you guys yet. I could tell the, myself the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just something young men do now. Oh, yeah. or, I think that's where we could probably end the episode. Don't yeah. eat the Carolina Reaper peppers, younger selves. You're you're square now. Yeah, you don't need that shit. That's going to burn a hole in your stomach. You're going to shoot fire out your ass. And then your wife is going to take a funny picture of you. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that Gino episode. Yeah, yeah it was. There was an episode we did on ayahuasca. We had a friend here. He he did ayahuasca. And he, 
after that episode for whatever reason we had a bunch of fucking hot peppers oh <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you guys did ayahuasca <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason it was so it oh, that guy never followed up with me it was like yeah i'll send you when the next one is and well yeah. you, 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 you or no wait he did and then i couldn't do it it was like i was like traveling for work or something did you and i couldn't do it and then and then i never heard from him again I, did you still want to do that? Because, I mean, I just talked to him just the other day. Oh. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It, it's got to be the kind of thing where I can take some time off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to do that and then have to go into the office the next day and be like, but I just had this grand celestial awakening. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so afraid of that, man. I, I'm still, I'm, it still freaks me out because I don't, have you, have you listened to that episode? Yeah. No? no, I haven't. Oh, no. Yeah. But I've listened to enough ayahuasca stuff to know what you guys are talking about. It's fucking tri- crazy, dude. And yeah, he invited us, and I was like, I'm good. My life is good. I don't need to like. Yeah, question you gotta be careful, man. Because if like you have a high propensity for anxiety, uh, stuff like that could end up triggering a psychotic breakdown for you. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, isn't that same kinda, thing with acid and shrooms? Isn't that kind of what happens, dude? Like. Like, yeah, some people just handle it differently. For whatever reason, it triggers something in them and their anxiety like skyrockets. And they're just way worse afterwards than before they did it. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. You just got to be careful, you know? Know yourself. Be honest with yourself, I guess. Yep. I don't think I need that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, are we winding down? Should we call it a night? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think we should call it a night. I already had a temper tantrum. So. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, bro. I'm not making <laughs> fun of you, man. I'm just, I just, you know, like, I'm sorry, man. If I, if I pissed you off, man, dude. Like, you no, know, no, don't worry about it. To lighten the mood, one quick one for my younger self and all younger people out there: um, ask her out and also break up with her a lot sooner. Yeah, those are perfect. <laughs> yeah, those are for those women are and men. Ask him those, out like, and break up with him a lot sooner too. Like, uh, yeah. For sure. I think that would be that would be great advice for for baby Dan, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially like the ask her out for sure. But the hey, uh, if you're thinking about breaking up with her, you just go ahead and break up with her. Like yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be super helpful. <laughs> All right. Then. Well, thanks so much, guys. And thanks so much for listening. This is Ego Otra Vez with my co-host, not my cousin Dan, and Lechuga. We will catch Adios. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't do my... Huh. Dude. What? I feel I feel so ashamed. But, uh, but what? Like, you didn't... I didn't, I didn't say... I didn't say my, my catchphrase. Dobranos, cabrones. There you go. There you go. I can cut right. that and put it in the front. Yeah, you can put it in there. Cut that and put that in the front. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. The music you're listening to is titled There's Only One by Hallman. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And you've heard me speak about Epidemic Sound before if you're a content creator. Make sure you go over there and check their music out because they got some dope stuff. All you have to do is sign up for a subscription. It's a small price to pay for the amazing library they have over at Epidemic Sound. 
So if you're a content creator like myself, make sure you check them out. They are dope. And when you do, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Another partner I want to mention is Titan Fitness. Titan Fitness is an amazing fitness brand. I love their equipment. Good, solid equipment for a reasonable price. Make sure you check them out. And when you do, make sure you click on the referral link in the description. Yeah, so hindsight is 2020. It'd be great if we can go back in time and correct some of these mistakes. But then you don't learn anything, right? So unfortunately, part of growing up, part of, of being a person is making mistakes and learning from them. It makes us who we are, right? Yeah, so we got a little heated, man. You know, we, we get passionate about what we're talking about, you know, and we're friends. We're all friends. We can have these disagreements, but I think the other part is, is that there's a bit of trust there. Make sure you follow us on social media. My name is Edgar Otraves on Instagram. You can also follow Not My Cousin Dan under the name Dentastic Sizzler. And I will give you something for Lechuga, but Lechuga doesn't like to be social. Anyway, you can also follow the show on Instagram under the name The Floral. And if you want to find out more about us, check out our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at. Press all the buttons that make the podcast God's happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Otra Vez. We'll catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.